One of the things that happens if you ever decide to go to seminary, this is what's going to happen to you. When you come back, people start asking you about God. Um, all your friends, lots of friends, will start asking you about God, about Jesus, and about the church. Uh, as a matter of fact, if there are any hardcore evangelists in here, I mean hardcore, my suggestion to you is to wear a collar to your next social event. Um, because people will engage you in lots of conversation, and you'll have the opportunity to get them to church. Um, you'll be amazed. And even your spouse, if you bring your spouse along, your spouse will get these questions. And so my wife Carrie and I, we engage in lots of these conversations when we go out. And many people confess to us that, you know, they would like to go to church, that they're interested in church. But almost invariably the topic of getting up on Sunday morning and driving to church pops up. And there's always a disclaimer in the conversation. It's, it's something like, uh, I wouldn't mind coming to church, but it's our family time. And we all get to hang out together at that time. It's too hard to get everybody to go to church. And so I believe this is not so much a statement, but a question. And, and the question really is, I'm curious about church, but before I make the effort, tell me why I should bother going. Now, today we heard a little from Paul's letter to the Philippians. And in it, we get a clear picture of God and God's relationship to Jesus Christ and to humankind. God the Creator, God the Almighty, became human. Now, God could have chosen to leave the creation in a sorry state. But God took a risk. He took action and became engaged in the world as a human being. That's a risk, just as in creation is a risk. God is a self-expression of God's love. Love, true love, takes a risk of rejection. And God took this risk and rejection. He's taking it again. And Paul sheds light on that. God in human form. And God in human form, also fully divine, could have lorded over the rest of humankind. Instead, God and man, Jesus Christ, was humble, was obedient, even to the point of death on the cross. So God who gave in creation also gave in the incarnation and gave in the crucifixion. So when we want to understand what God wanted to show humankind by example, we look at Christ. We see love. We see self-giving love. And so we can firmly say that God is self-giving love. And this is what God desires of us. If we choose to follow God in Christ, we choose a self-giving love. And that is hard to do at times. And there are many times when we forget this or ignore it and opt for some sort of self-glorification but there are other times we opt for consumption and the gratification that comes with it rather than a love of the common good, rather than thinking about the body, rather than thinking about our relationships with other people. We want to focus on what we want over and against everyone else. So marriages, relationships between parents and children, friendships, businesses, society, and our relationship to God all suffer at times because of this tendency to put self above others. However, when we push back on these tendencies, some things start to move in our life. Some great things can happen. Life is never perfect, but 
life can get better when we choose to engage God and answer this call of self-giving love. All relationships require this act of self-giving, and it's hard work, and we need a source of energy, a source of strength and joy in order to move us towards this new life. And we find that source here in church. In church, we are renewed on a weekly basis, in word and in sacrament. These are the wellsprings of God's love and the sources of renewal for us all. Each week, we're reminded of God's engagement with humanity when we hear of God's history through Scripture. And we're reminded of God's grace and self-giving love. Each week, we take communion and we're renewed by Christ. We have a meal that brings us forgiveness and restores our hearts and prepares us for another week of ministry to the community and to each other. Each week we gather singing and praying together to God and we're given a little more strength. Each week God brings God's spirit, God's love to us and the suffering are comforted. The saddened find joy, find affection, we find sympathy. Church is a remarkable experience that sustains us all. We leave ready to love and serve the Lord and better equipped to give of ourselves to each other. When we come to church and renew ourselves, we fix our minds on Christ and work out in humility the way to bring some sort of restoration to all of our relationships, our relationship to God and our relationships to people. Now, there's a man I know who had a strained relationship with his mother. And she was difficult with him, especially after he got married. And she managed to, managed to interject herself into all life's special occasions, holidays, birthdays, baptisms. I mean, who looks forward to Thanksgiving? Uh, this strained relationship began to take a toll on his marriage and on his life with his children. And so he would go to church angry, angry at times, and he would sit in prayer trying to find a way to deal with his anger and his grief over this barren relationship. And what he really wanted was an apology, thinking if, if he could just get the apology, if she would just say she's sorry for those nasty things she did, he could move forward and, and there might be some healing. So what he was really doing was spending a whole bunch of time waiting for and trying to get what he wanted. Now, after a considerable amount of time, years, in fact, in prayer and going to church and discussion with friends, he, he was sitting in church and he had a breakthrough. And he told me, I was sitting in church in prayer and it came to me that I was never going to get that apology. But I had to forgive. After all, I have experienced God's love so often and without any merit, I knew that God would want me to do the same. I knew this because of what, have I, what I have experienced through Christ. And so he forgave. He didn't make any huge pronouncement of forgiveness, and I doubt that this particular woman would have appreciated that since she didn't feel the need to apologize. It wasn't that kind of forgiveness. It was just something he did internally. He forgave in his heart. And he believed that this, was, this is what he was asked to do. 
And so getting what he wanted took a back seat. He started to discern what he thought this relationship would look like through the lens of Christ. And immediately that relationship started to bear fruit. And over time, this barren relationship became healthier. And the strain that was on his marriage over the bickering with his wife over what to do and the strain over the children and all that went away. Now, this was not my friend's own doing. It was God at work in him. And it was God who sustained him in moments of prayer. It was God who sustained him in the church. It was God who pushed him through seeing the merits of self-giving love, of giving up what he thought he wanted out of this relationship. And so when we come to church, we get up on Sunday morning to experience God in Christ. And we come to be sustained and renewed. God points us to God's self-giving love by bringing God's spirit upon us and pointing to Christ, the one who was with us, and showed us how great it can be to live a life beyond our agenda. We come because when we focus on Christ in our relationships and when we focus on Christ in the world, life gets better. A life in the body of Christ, a life in the church, is a better life. And that's why we come on Sunday morning.